Hello world, we're coming to you from the home of Super Bowl number, we, we didn't look it up. 52? Something. Question yeah. mark? Yeah. Which our New England Patriots will be playing in. And uh, not really our, but kind of our Minnesota mm. Vikings are looking like they will not be playing. And this yeah. game is getting a little sad. We're recording during the fourth quarter. Uh, but it's a blowout. Looking rough for the Vikings. They pulled a miracle win last week out of their ass, and yep. this week I don't think they have it in them. Not even their quarterback? What's his name? What Casey Kasem. What's his actual <laughs> name? What's his name? <laughs> the radio DJ? <laughs> Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Casey Kasem. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, so there's going to be some sad faces tomorrow, I think. Throughout Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, throughout the whole state, but who knows? So, uh, this is week 30. This is number 30. And I've got a couple different good news this week. Did you have any intro or should we just launch right into news? Well, I feel like we could do sports for like the entire episode. We're going to do US uh, Australian, Australian Open. Open, excuse yeah. me. Well, that's mostly my good news. This um, is our first year in th- in four years that yep. we haven't been at the Australian Open in person. Four? Well, we saw the 2015, 16, 17. Out of the last four yeah, years. correct. This is the first. Yeah. And last year's was perfect. Roger, Roger and versus Rafa. Rafa. We weren't podcasting to talk about it. Oh, my god. We gosh. weren't. That was like our dream because I'm a Rafa fan and you're a Roger fan. So yeah. that was our dream finale. And I was really feeling like there was going to be a mirror of that with the Super Bowl. Yeah. I thought it was fated to, to be, be that with a year we moved to Minnesota, it would be... Uh, Vikings Patriots in the Super Bowl. But we think having the Vikings out will help our chances of getting tickets because yes. there'll be less interest, less demand. And I'm hoping in the some Twin people cities. will angrily put theirs up on StubHub tonight. So yeah, instead of sending in your huge donations to the podcast, which we, send us we gladly tickets. accept, yeah, we'll be we can be bribed uh, in all sorts of ways. <laughs> Mostly Super Bowl tickets. So in terms of tennis stuff, as of right now, Roger and Rafa both in. Both it. in. Mm-hmm. I watched the Curios match from last night this morning. Curious George. Lost to Will Little Smith. Dimitrov. Um, so yeah, you were watching the one where Will Smith was there and blushing? Yes. No, Will Smith wasn't blushing. Cur- Curious George was blushing oh. because Will Smith was there. Got it. And he's got kind of a man crush on Will Smith, it seems. Huh. Interesting. So Will Smith gave him like a thumbs up and was laughing and waved at him and he was like so flustered. Yeah, well, so Kyrgios was in a good mood for that match, it seemed like. This one was one of his patented ones where he was so high and so low. The funniest part was he kept yelling at his box, which he always does, you know, where he has his friends and family. Does he have a coach this year? Has no coach. Mm -hmm. But his, his people were standing up after every single point, win or loss, and he would still yell at those, that little box and say stand up stand up and they're like we are standing up what else do you want us to do nick so he's just a little bit on a different planet yeah um we have i'll have one link to share there was a lot of banana drama in the first week of the australian open um with the bananas not good enough quality well i think there were some issues with the banana delivery system at melbourne (laughs) park so so yeah, there's some things to improve, but okay. there's a, a video of Coco Vanderway, the 
U.S. girl. The one my dad doesn't like, yeah, right? Yeah, she got a, uh, a time penalty because she did not eat, eat her banana quick enough, and she was blaming it on the banana transportation, and it was a whole thing. And then I saw that lady bit that was a um, female player that was super You saw up. lady bits? <laughs> the Australian Open? I realized ladies seemed kind of a rude thing to say. <laughs> a female player who was really pissy about the ump, what was her name? Wozniacki. Number two? Yeah, Wozniacki. I only knew it was number two versus number 30. I didn't actually know their names. That's okay. Um, she, like, yelled at the, at the ump in the chair. Yep. Chair, chair umpire. <laughs> and she, like, threw her racket. Mm-hmm. And she still won, too, but she was being real bitchy about it. Yeah. And then the, the other big tennis story, which is being underplayed here on ESPN's coverage, is that the, the last American man in the tournament is named T-E-N-N-Y-S. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Tennis, tennis Sandgren. And he's named after his father who hates tennis, is what it says on Wikipedia. But it's not like Tennyson? Tennyson is a name. So it, it must be based off something else. But how ironic that, that he plays tennis. That is very weird. He's the only American left? Yeah, the Americans had to American tennis? terrible in both and women's and men's. Sloan. Yeah. I'm pissed off about Sloan. Not at Sloan, but at all the announcers. Because... She won the U.S. Open, and they're like, oh, Sloan, you used to not practice hard enough and not try hard enough and not come back from injuries, and now you've won a Grand Slam, so we're going to love you forever. Flash forward literally four months, and they're like, she didn't train hard enough in the last few months. She's not trying out there. Gosh, what's wrong with this Do you have one guess woman? as to why that is? Because I know the answer to that. These are women announcers talking about it, if that's what nope. you're getting at. What? Be a little more intersectional, honey. Inter what the Hannah? Intersectional. Yeah. Help she me is out. also a black woman. That's what they I was They wouldn't be if you saying that out. about white white players. You think they would say it about Serena if she had one if she had a bad tournament? Absolutely. Mm. And Venus? Venus they're occasionally hard on, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The intersectionality means like you're yeah. not just a woman or just a black person. Got it. Like if you're gonna be an intersectional feminist, like that's what I complain about Emma Watson being a white feminist because okay. she just cares about like women and doesn't take into account the issues that women of different races or right. different the degrees different um, that, yeah. gender identities or different sexualities face as part of being a woman. Wow. Like you can't divide your personality. Yeah. Like just like because Sloane Stevens is a woman does not make her any less black. Like it doesn't yeah. mean people can't be racist against her because they're also being sexist against her. Like it's all tied into one. You're so racist. to be an intersectional mm-hmm. feminist means you acknowledge that these other aspects of their identity have uh, affect how they're they're perceived or how they're um yo yeah i'm getting awoken right on this podcast <laughs> this is hot radio right well here. i feel like i might be the only woman that didn't realize there was a second woman like a anniversary women's march yeah i'm a little embarrassed about that but i also Should not get the memo was like teaching girl scouts at the time yeah so i feel like i was still using my time in a way that was honoring the Women's March because sure. I was like, you know, teaching young women about science. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, I don't think anyone will frown upon that. I just feel bad that I didn't know. I don't... Oh, uh, <gasps> almost an interception. Oh, gosh. Um, live. <laughs> yeah, commentary. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I do feel a little bit bad about that, but I brought that up because there were some amazing signs, and mm-hmm. there was my favorite one I saw... You love retweeting the signs. I do. You love my it. My favorite one I saw was on BuzzFeed, and it was... Um, some like middle school girls that all dressed up as the princesses, but had different slogans. Okay. So the Sleeping Beauty one said, "I'm woke," 
Yeah, like they were like funny slogans, so they all had like clever slogans to go with them. It was really cool, Hmm. and I just love seeing all the young. I like, especially like seeing the ones that I feel like put their own time into. Like when you see a two year old dressed up as Rosie the Riveter, you're like, that's cute, but that two year old has no clue who Rosie the Riveter is. Yeah. Do you even know who? Do you know who I'm talking about? I didn't about? know when you slurred it the first time. I didn't know, Sorry. but now I know. Yes, I was hitting the cider a little hard during the beginning <laughs> of this game. So, but when you see like older, like elementary and middle school and high school age girls, I'm like, yeah. you actually probably made that sign yourself. Yeah, that's my only complaint with the ones that get a lot of press are when it is like a four year old holding up the sign. They're like, she's an inspiration. It's like, no, her mom is who. But wrote when the it's sign. like an elementary school kid, and you can tell that they've got like you know rainbow stickers and stuff. Yeah. And you can tell that they that's actually fine. wrote I'm it. I'm not gonna try to shit on the women's. March I liked so. that, and I like yeah, the middle school age kids that like you can tell are really into it and put a lot of thought into it. Like these really cool like princess kind of. Um, flip the script princess thing. Yeah. Really cool. Pretty cool. So we're hoping to have our foreign correspondent live from the Australian Open next week. So we'll have more ta- tennis I talk. I don't maybe. think she's going to be at the Australian Open, but well, live from Melbourne at least. A little bit closer. Yeah. Yes. And then it's going to be Olympic season. Oh dear. Okay. You were watching some of those crazy skiing moves last week. That was out of control. Yeah. Some of these Olympic sports, like, like the shooting mm-hmm. the guns with the skiing. That one's always Well, strange. that one I can understand at least. Can you? It's, well, not in that context, but it just got me thinking about, like, I can play basketball and I can play baseball. Not well, but but getting back to rhythmic gymnastics from Summer Olympics a couple years ago and these crazy skiing jumps. Well, that's what I always say. It's like the things that I like, there is no way I could ever possibly do that. I'm so yeah. much more impressed with. Right. Like gymnastics, I could never fucking do that. No. And even the ice skating, like I took skating lessons. Yeah. Um, with my good different... friend C.S. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's oh, like I couldn't, I was never ever at that level. I can do like the easiest jump that they probably teach five-year-olds. Yeah, jump, jump is, is a stretch. It's a... <laughs> it's better than what you can do. It's a foot transfer. That's rude. <laughs> um, and I have lots of Olympic conspiracy theories, but we won't get into them on this, on this podcast because I don't want to start any sort of drama. Okay. We'll save I'm that, I'm just maybe. concerned that so many people are going so close to North Korea. Uh, you keep bringing up things that are in my newses, and I don't know if I should just jump straight into them or okay, not. Okay, well, I already did my good news was tennis, so it's your call, whatever you want to talk about. So, my two bad news is we already kind of brushed up on, so I guess yeah. I'll jump into some bad news. Um, Serena Williams, mm-hmm. and about all of the stuff she went through, like, she nearly died after giving birth. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's bad news for her personally, because how fucking scary, and like, as we've gotten older, we know more kid, more people that have had kids. Like, mm-hmm. I've definitely heard some really scary stories yeah. about people after they've given birth. It like, feels like there are not as many, like, easy, quick uh, deliveries correct. as they I make it I feel like seem. I hear more stories about how people, like, lost a lot of blood and had mm-hmm. to have blood transfusions and were really ill and, like, coded on the table and all of this stuff. And it's scary. Yeah. And... It's especially scary because for two reasons. Number one, the U.S. is actually really shitty with their maternity care because mm-hmm. the hospital basically just wants you out of the hospital. Yeah. And even when it's someone like Serena Williams, who you would think would have... Oh, more... maternity care. I was thinking maternity leave, and I was like, I think no, Serena's honey, okay in that department. Maternity care as <laughs> gotcha. in, like, mother and yeah. child hospital right. attention. Mm-hmm. You would think Serena Williams, like, would have the money and, like, the... The status. Could, like, stay in there for two months if she wanted to. Yeah. And even she... Ten doctors. Even she... Nobody listened to her. She she almost had a pulmonary embolism. She she almost had a a blood clot. Yeah. And just because she's an athlete and she's had them before, she knew what the signs were and, like, forced them to 
get her checked out for it, but otherwise they would have just sent her home and somebody who wasn't like as, you know, aware of that type of medical issue might not have known. Yep. But it's also especially scary for women of color because they are much less likely to be taken seriously Mm. for their, their medical concerns that they have from Mm. maternity or otherwise. And if you look at like the, um, maternity, what is it called? Like fatality rate? Um, like giving birth, dying while giving birth. Um, it's so much higher for women of color hmm. and not just because they might not have access to as good of healthcare, but yeah. because their concerns aren't taken seriously. Hmm. And the slightly good news part of this is that I got an email from March of Dimes because I get a thousand emails from a thousand charities sure. and they started going into what happened to Serena. And I was kind of thinking, Oh great. They're just going to say, Oh, medical care in the U S needs to be better. And then they went into this whole long paragraph with statistics about women of color and how much, they're at a disadvantage with maternity care. And I was mm. really impressed that they actually went uh, intersectional with there you it. Go. And like were aware and decided to make their audience aware of Good. that fact as well. So really scary shit. Um, but I was glad at least that it's getting coverage for the this right. It's a reasons. very educational episode. Sports and uh, intersectional feminism. Yes. <laughs> um, one of my other bad news is, is yeah. the missile. In Hawaii. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That was a while ago. It was a week ago. Yeah. It is so scary. I, like, start to have a panic attack when I try and, like, consider what would happen if that was here. Yeah. Like, and I know people that were there. Mm -hmm. And, like, literally all they got was an alert on their phones saying, missile inbound, take cover. Yeah. And it didn't get corrected for, like, 38 minutes. Right. So there's 38 minutes of people literally thinking they're going to die. Yeah. Like I've read some horrible accounts about like a parent having to decide which of their chi- which of their children he can get to in oh time gosh. because he didn't have time to drive across town and get all of his kids because he like literally thought they were going to be bombed. So yeah. he had to like make the choice of which of his kids he was going to pick up. Yeah. And people hiding in like the bathtub, hiding like in like public areas yeah. and it's awful. And I know people that were there and from their accounts it was just like just panic. Yeah. For the, 40 minutes. And the, Can you imagine the, 40 minutes of thinking you're about to get hit by a missile? Yeah. No, I can't. Like, I was, I, like, I've been, like, going through the scenario in my head of, like, what I would even do. Like, we only have one car, so, like, what if you were at work and mm-hmm. I was, like, far away somewhere? What if I was home and you were at work? Like, would I come get you? Would I leave you there and just hope that you would find There's someplace? no basement at work. So I'd have to come get you. Yeah. And then thinking about, like, if we were in the house, what do we grab to bring downstairs? Because at least we have a basement. But, like, You told me that we, we get, had all of our doomsday plans do we ready get and they're not water? ready. Do we get blankets? Do we get our computers? Do Water's we get... been on our shopping list for months. We haven't gotten it I for know, the basement. I know, but I'm serious. That's the kind of thing you think of. Because, I don't know. It's just horrifying to me that that happened. And it's especially horrifying that I think, like, two or three years ago, People would have been like, oh, that must be a, just a test. Yeah. But with everything oh, right. that's happened in it's the past year, like, I constantly think that's going to happen. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't doubt it for one second. Yeah. I'd be like, fuck, it's happening. And I'd, yeah. like, go down into our into the basement. Like, yeah. I would not doubt for one second that yeah. it was actually happening. Where, like, two or three years ago, I'd be like, this can't be real. But now, with everything that's gone down in the past, like, literally year, yeah, I would just be like, well, I guess that's it. Well, the tech world is making that story incredibly dull because they're diving into what what caused this operator to click the wrong button. I don't really care about that. I care about I, like, the I, empathy I don't of care it. At all. Like the um, imagine that was you and your family and your yeah. situation, and what would you even do? Like, but yeah, it's they must have an absolutely awful 
computer application that they're using to run this because I've worked on air traffic control systems and those people spend like months talking about whether this button should be red or blue. Yeah. So like all of those things are taken into account so that someone can't. under stress can't yeah. make an easy mistake. And apparently like the button for test alert was right next to the button for real alert. Yeah, that's Like bullshit. three pixels away. So. Um, you need to read the Andromeda strain still. Yeah. Kind of ties into that a little bit. Okay. Um, my other bad news. Yeah. We're going to have to talk about this. I left like 15 minute block for you to go on an Aziz Ansari Aziz story. Ansari. Okay, I was waiting for it. I know the point of this is not, I told you so. Can I just preempt you I told really you so. quick? Go. Then you can have the rest of the time, the whole yeah, rest of the episode. He wrote a book called Modern Romance. Yes, and he, twe- <laughs> and he tweeted what kind of guy doesn't understand the, like, um, the nuances of consent or something like yeah. that. So. Oh, God. Yeah, so okay. it's have at it. I I don't even know where to start with this. I've got a lot of feelings. Okay. First of all, I agree that the actual journalism of it was not very well done. Yeah, babe.net um, doesn't doesn't jump to your mind of the most. No. <laughs> and just the like explicit descriptions mm-hmm. while I do think they paint a more accurate picture or kind of allow you to kind of relate that experience maybe to your life or relate it to a real experience so you have the details instead of saying we don't know all the details like yeah. you know all the details but it really was kind of more of a shock and awe than actually adding to her case yeah um that being said that does not take away from the fact that it it is some level of sexual assault yeah and anyone who says it's not is kidding themselves and is either trying to make themselves feel better because the same thing has happened to them yeah. or just did not take the second to read the article because the amount of people on the internet I saw commenting like, why didn't she just tell him to stop? Like four different fucking times she told him to yeah. stop. Just because she didn't say, no, you must stop right now does not mean she's not telling him to stop. Right. Saying slow down, saying I'm not comfortable with, saying please don't make me hate you. Yeah. Those are all ways of verbally asking someone to stop. Yeah. Like saying we need to slow down and I'm not comfortable with this or I'm not ready for this. Mm-hmm. Those are all ways of saying no. Yeah. And if you think that it's okay to push past those and immediately start trying something else, then then there's the problem right there if you think that's okay. Yeah. And my biggest issue out of all of this is not a single fucking person is saying like the kind of commenting people on the internet is saying, well, why didn't he stop and ask her to clarify? Every yeah. single person is saying, well, why didn't she do more? Right. Like no matter what the woman does, she always should have done more. She like non-verbally and verbally asked him to stop multiple times. Mm-hmm. And yet still the onus is on the woman to do more. To, to physically run away, to punch him in the face, right. to put her, to put on seven le- layers of clothes so he can't get to her, to, to literally physically run away. Like, not a single person in the comments was like, yeah, maybe he should have slowed down and asked and clarified and, and said, hey girl, when you said not right now, does that mean like not tonight? Yeah. Like, it would have been two seconds for him to say, slow down. Do, does that mean, you know, stop or does that mean maybe later? Yeah, like, I feel he like, needs to clarify. I feel like in this era, when when men are realizing how shitty they are, I feel like they should be almost in a mode of like, 
um, guilty unless proven innocent. Like, you should assume the girl is uncomfortable until she tells you that she is. And that's the biggest <laughs> problem is that in, like, society, it's assumed that a woman is giving you consent unless she literally punches you in the face. And even yeah. then, it's, like, maybe later. Yeah. Like, like no means... Basically, like, it's a yes until they say no, and even then, it's maybe a yes. Right. And I just don't understand... Whatever your political, wherever you're on the political spectrum, whatever you feel about feminism, whatever, mm-hmm. I don't understand why it is never, ever, ever on the man to, like, have three words of clarification. Okay. Now, now, not to get too much into the specifics, but what Harvey Weinstein did is punishable by law. What Kevin Spacey did, I think, is punishable by law. Is this story going to create any sort of legal issues, or is it just a reputation issue? It would depend if she pressed charges. Yeah, because sexual assault has different levels and different Correct. repercussions. So it would depend if, if she decided to press charges, but it would also depend on, obviously, a jury proving, yeah. being able to prove that it was assault, which is always... I don't want to say that's the be-all, end-all of deciding if it's assault or not, because as we talked about before, juries are just other people. Yeah. So juries is not necessarily, like, the the decider of if it's assault or not. They're the decider of whether or not there's a law or there's legal precedent for it. But I think with the difference between this and other ones, at least how I feel about it, is I still think this this is sexual assault because he ignored signs that she was not consenting to it and pushed ahead when she was uncomfortable and she verbally and non-verbally asked him to stop or to slow down or what have you. But the number of accusers and the power imbalance is Mm -hmm. perhaps not as bad as some of the other ones we've heard about. Mm. Yes, he's famous, so she might have felt uncomfortable, like, straight up telling him no, or, um... You know what she should have done? She should have seen that meal, like, because they posted the picture of the meal that they went out to eat. Aziz Ansari is known for being a foodie. That meal looked like shit. She should have checked out of the date right after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not to make light of the situation, but... Uh, what came out of it for me is that he's a shitty dude, which is unfortunate, but not totally but he's surprising like, as you, as you I have snuffed know out. what is the worst kind of shitty dude? Being shitty and not knowing you're shitty or being shitty and like thinking that you're a good person. Like yeah. he seems to think that he's like above all of these other men who like aren't feminists and right. don't appreciate women and stuff. And then he does the same thing. And the women who come back to his apartment must be so grateful to even be in that position. That yes, because he's so considerate anything. and yeah. whatever. So I think he just kind of made the mistake of thinking that, you know, he, he would never, you know, assault someone on the street who he didn't know or yeah. assault someone who, who didn't maybe consent to be on a date with or him. have it be like a weinstein issue where it's like you won't right. be on master of none unless but, you but consent is not consent forever sure like just because she consented to be on the date and consented to come up to his apartment does not mean that he's got a blanket consent to do whatever he wants to her yeah if she gets to a point where she's uncomfortable so i think that's part of the issue too is that men kind of think i need to be a gentleman and i need to be concerned about consent until a certain point and then it's just green lights all the way yeah and not that you need to be stopping every two seconds in a sexual encounter to say, are you still okay? Are you still okay? Are you still okay? Yeah. But if she's saying or doing things that she seems very yeah. uncomfortable. You should be nervous. You can take two seconds and clarify with her that she's that she's okay with going forward. Especially if she says, let's slow down. Yep. And then you don't. Mm-hmm. 
So I just think it's the, the biggest frustration for me is that it's always, no matter what a woman does, it is never, ever enough. And the question is never, why didn't the male slow down or, or double check what she wanted? And the, the question is always, the female should have done more. If she only punched him in the face once, why didn't she punch him in the face yeah. twice? If she only tried to run away a little bit, why didn't she run faster? If she went to call a cab, why didn't she physically leave the apartment and get an Uber? Like, there, it's never, like, people seem to think that if she only did a little bit more, then that we wouldn't be having this conversation, but it's not. It's, yeah. There's, they can never, the, the woman can never, ever do enough to make it not her fault. Yeah. And that's what's incredibly frustrating about this situation. Okay. And all the women well commenting that she didn't do enough mm, is especially frustrating because it's like, girl, just support your sister here. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you've been in some sort of shitty situation with the man and maybe you're just trying to make yourself feel better because you didn't want to call it assault or whatever. Yeah. But like, it's bad enough that the men are always assuming consent with women and blaming the woman. But like, it's, it's even worse when the women do it. Yep. So I have a feeling that probably the books that we've published are outselling modern romance over the past week, I would hope. <laughs> Possibly. Have we sold any? I don't know. Um, okay. You have anything, any good news? Yeah, to, I've got some good news. Is. Um, well, one good news related to this is that Matt Damon finally learned he used to shut his fat mouth. Yeah. For a while, he said he was shut up. So he finally realized, I don't know how many times his publicist had to be like, hey, Matt, shut the fuck up. Yeah. But he finally did and finally came out and made a statement and says, I, I, I've, re I've realized I should be taking a backseat for a while in this conversation. <laughs> it's like, no shit, dude. Yeah. Um, so. Is downsizing up for any awards? I doubt it. Um, the I've read this. The Gates Foundation. Did you read about this? Yes. Paying Bill off seventy six million dollars of debt that Nigeria owed to Japan for polio um, yeah. vaccines or polio polio eradication. Yeah. Like that's what you do when you're disgustingly rich. Yeah. No. He's like the, no matter if you're a Microsoft or Apple or whatever kind of person. Oh shit. Oh boy. Vikings are dead. This is just embarrassing. People are gonna be so sad tomorrow. Yeah. Um. Rich people. Anyways, yeah. No matter like how you feel about his company and whatever, yeah. that is how you create a foundation and do well with your money. Because if they have billions, 76 yeah. million is nothing. Correct. It's nothing. And, but the fact that it could like change an entire country and yeah. it, all the people that live in that country and that they're just like, yeah, we'll just pay off your whole debt. Incredible. Yeah. It's the one, it's the one real tough part about Steve Jobs is his life that people try to overlook, but he gave away very little of his fortune while he was alive. Yeah. Uh, apparently in his passing enough went to his wife's foundation. So now it's, it's going towards good things, but yeah, Gates is kind of definitely the, uh, the one to model yourself after Bill and Melinda. Yeah. So that was just some like happy news for the world, which is not much of lately. Okay. Um, two things about Darren Chris. Okay. Number we haven't one, watched the episode yet. We haven't, and mm. we still need to. And there's also a he's been on a lot of like radio shows and talk shows sure. and stuff that I've bookmarked to watch, but I haven't yet. Mm -hmm. um, but the one I did watch was remember I tagged you in that one that was um, John Boyega and Gwendolyn Christie touching yeah. animals in a box. Yes. Well, Darren Chris did that one, and it was the cutest thing I've ever seen in my what whole life. What did he end up touching? All these different animals, and he just like was like, "Oh, I don't want to hurt them." Like all these <laughs> gross animals, he was just like talking about how nice they were and how cute they were, and patting them like mealworms. He stuck his hand mm. in a box and was touching mealworms. He goes, "Oh, they feel really delicate. I don't want to hurt them. Are they gonna be okay if I touch them?" This is late night TV. It was like no, it's like a internet thing, like for oh, a Vanity okay. Fair or something. Okay, but it was just he was just very endearing. 
And he's also engaged. Did you see that? No. Him and Mia are finally engaged. What a I'm sad so happy day for, for the them. internet. I'm really happy for them. Why was he dragging his feet so long? You know that I don't like when people phrase it like that. Oh. Well, they have been together for a long, long time, correct? Seven years, he okay. said. But I thought it was longer than that. Yeah. So maybe just seven years, like, officially or something. Yeah. Anyways, I'm very happy for them. And okay. my one last good news yep. was watching you watch SNL this past oh, week. Oh, yeah. That one took me... <laughs> caught me off guard. It was the one Kenan with... Kenan Thompson doing LeVar Ball. Who I thought he was doing Charles Barkley. It's a very similar <laughs> impression. Yeah, no, it's the same impression. It's not a terribly good impression, I don't think. I've thankfully never actually heard LeVar Ball talk on television or otherwise. But his entire life and his entire family is so absurd. Like do you want to... For the people that don't know what the hell you're talking about, do you want to explain it a teeny bit? Well, so they're basically trying to become the Kardashians of sports... Okay. And so LeVar Ball has three basketball-playing sons, one playing for the Lakers right now, who he's constantly talking shit about, one who was in college. He was the one who, uh, the T-word, had to bail out of China. Oh, yep, I he, see this he now. He shoplifted when, when his college team was in, I think it was China, right? And this is the one Trump said shit about the dad, right? Yes, exactly. Oh, I so that's that. why I missed that connection. Sorry. Yeah, and then the younger son is the young, youngest son is in high school. And LeVar Ball has now taken the college and high school kids out of their schools, brought them to Lithuania to play pro ball to prepare for the NBA. Pro Lithuania ball. Yeah. And his son, who's playing for the Lakers, isn't actually playing that well, and he's blaming the coach for it. So anyways, Keenan Thompson did this impression, talking about this Lithuania story with their soft people, with their soft teeth. <laughs> and it just had the funniest little asides with Michael Che. Average of a hard negative five degrees at all times. <laughs> yeah, talking about how cold it was. It was just boom, 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 boom. And yeah, I could not stop laughing. We watched it like three times, and he almost fell off the couch. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone online had said that SNL was... At the worst ever that that week, and we laughed more than we and usually do. And it was one do. of the better ones, from yeah. my point of view. Ah, uh, so I just have a couple of last real quick things. Okay. You were talking about bugs. Uh, my weird news for the week is that Justin Timberlake hosted an album uh, listening party for okay, his Taylor new Swift. his new Montana based music, and he served his guests uh, insects and other things as well as crickets, other insects. Okay. So apparently celebrities are now eating their diet based on their blood type, which I guess is not a joke. You haven't heard about that? There's now, people are developing special diets for specific blood types, and celebrities are saying, oh yeah, I can only eat this because I'm AB or whatever. You know what blood type you are? No idea. Oh, okay. Um, so that's my Timberlake update of the week. And then, I didn't have too much bad news because I knew you would go on a rant. Um, but this one just... It's so strange. Paddington Two with yes, a fake bear is yes. one of one of Highest four movies with Rotten Tomatoes with a perfect Rotten Tomatoes score. Bizarre. Maybe Which because I've of only people that are seeing it, like you, you and I, wouldn't just be like, "Yeah, let's go see Paddington 2. Yeah. Maybe it's just because like the only people well, that no, see it. This is even the otter part. It's the perfect score from the professional critics, hundred percent. And the reason is the reason that I never check Rotten Tomatoes because I don't really care about their metric is because it's only. Positive or negative. It means that no critics had anything really bad to say about Paddington 2. So it's the most passable, most passable, digestible movie. It's just indifferent. Yeah. So what a dumb way to rate things. It's almost like we need a book digits for TV and movies. It's almost like we have a name for it picked out already, too. <sighs> okay. That was a lot of, a lot of gabbing. Will you go get me some wine? Uh, I think you're cut off. 
one cider. All right, I'll go get you some wine. You're going to introduce what? Our book or our... Ooh. Our book kind of ties in with what you were getting at. Okay, I'll do the book. So... Okay. The children love the books. Look at you. So the book that we are talking about this week is All the Rage by Courtney Summers. Um, so I've read a few, uh, at least one other book by her. I think the other book I read by her was called This Is Not a Test, and it was like a post-apocalyptic zombie apocalypse kind of book. But All the Rage is the one we're talking about today, and it is basically <laughs> it is basically a study of rape culture. From yes. a very personal, like from a one person who has been a victim of it. Yeah. Um. I I don't know if I want to use the word victim, but who has um, endured, who has survived a, a rape, and in a horrible kind of situation where nobody nobody will believe her. Um. Kind of like what we were just talking about with Aziz Ansari, because she that pursued she pursued now. um the guy originally and wanted to be with him, and then he pushed it way too far, way too fast. And nobody would believe her because she, you know, was obviously into him or whatever. And then he had connections within the town as well. Right. Everything you're describing sounds like a really interesting book. All of that happens off the page. Which uh, is my biggest complaint It's not even the off the page it. that I had a complaint about. It was that um, I'm fine to some extent with the nonlinear uh, storytelling and yeah. with having flashbacks and stuff like that. And I know that these were kind of meant to be jarring because it's meant to kind of almost be a little bit of stream of conscious. She's struggling to she's struggling to process it. And, yeah, exactly. So I get that, and I think that works for an effect to some extent. Mm -hmm. But I also think that it's very confusing as a reader yeah. and kind of makes you a bit detached until later on in the that story. That was what I struggled with because I was like, I really hate the way it's being presented and stuff. But I felt like I couldn't say that or feel that because I was like, I have to respect her point of view because she is a survivor but I was like she's kind of an annoying narrator to be honest she's not telling the story very well yeah but if that's how she's processing it so right. I guess I was a bit annoyed or confused as a reader but at the same time I kind of like respected the narrative choice because it did seem yeah. like that would be honest to the portrayal of, of someone who did suffer from something like this yeah. So I kind of went back and forth of like, I'm kind of annoyed because I'm confused about this. But at the same time, it does seem like it makes sense for yeah. the character. So that was pretty it's much my takeaway is that, yeah, it's a very powerful story. And the way it's told is powerful. It just wasn't that good of a read for me. So I couldn't actually give it a very good grade. Do you have any, like, comments about it? Um, You know, I like what you said about it being about really the rape culture as a whole. So the small town bits of it were, were pretty scary. But at the same time, a lot of the background characters were so poorly developed that I didn't really get too attached to that portion of the storyline. Okay. Yeah. I just felt like it was, um, I think a lot of people, especially when it's kind of high profile cases like the Stanford rape case or yeah. like the Taylor Swift groping case or the this now... Aziz Ansari one, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think people are very, very quick to just judge from their perspective. And I thought this book did a very good job of making you feel it. Yeah. Like, since it was from, like, that, a person who had suffered from this from their perspective, mm -hmm. I thought it did a very good job of kind of raising the stakes for you or making you feel the more personal side of it. Because I think a lot of times all people understand about rape culture is whether or not it counts as rape, how drunk the girl was, what her outfit was, whatever. Yeah. Whereas I thought the story did a very good job of still being a functioning fictional narrative, but also 
making you feel the the kind of effects, the after effects of it, and not just yes or no, was it rape according to this jury and, and how how many months is he going to be sentenced in jail? Yeah. But giving it a much more like personal face and making you, yeah, feel it hitting a little bit closer to home or mm-hmm. in a bit more personal way instead of just being a news story. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But then the book kind of turns into like a, a murder mystery or a missing person book. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not the narrator that goes missing. It's another person from her school. Yeah. And it ends up being that pretty much she's undergone the same thing that the narrators happened had happened yeah. years prior. But yeah, it just didn't all gel gel together with me. There was a lot of okay. family drama in it. You were supposed to feel really bad for for the dad because he got fired from his job and that started some of the issues within the culture. But he called his boss the C word um at work which I think would be a fireable offense. So I never really felt that bad for him. Yeah. I guess I just kind of didn't, I wasn't too critical about some of those side characters and things like that, yeah. just because I felt like the, the actual main narrative was really like gut punching. And I thought mm-hmm. that it was a really kind of, once again, a good like story type explanation of why someone would not tell yeah, or why people don't come forward or, how this can affect you on like a day-to-day level yeah i don't know i just thought it did a really good job with that aspect of it i agree that some of the other aspects weren't necessarily the best um writing or the best um character development or what have you Mm -hmm. but i thought it was worth it yeah for the kind of heart-wrenching way that the main story dealt with abuse and the after effects i agree with that any other strong things to say about it I don't think so. I feel like I kind of preempted my own discussion by talking about Aziz Ansari before. That's okay. Yeah. If you need if you need a book club discussion to get that going, this would be a pick for it, I guess. Yeah. And a, a way to maybe get someone to empathize that doesn't really seem to understand yeah, rape culture that. or says, oh, like, trigger warnings, blah, 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 like, doesn't really understand how that could affect someone. Yeah. Or maybe he's being a bit too flippant or not very empathetic about cases that are coming up in the news or something i think Mm -hmm. this is a a good way to connect a little bit more on a deeper level about it and to understand it a little bit more i agree so i think this did a lot more than like news stories and wikipedia articles and whatever like yeah i think it's a good way to connect to it yeah okay i think we should move straight along all right mary mary (laughs) we're here in bedford falls side of the super bowl they just um, said, just to go bring back to sports yeah. for a second, they just said that indoor teams mm-hmm. are 0-12 in outdoor division uh, conference championships. Yeah. What was I saying the other day? That I literally said that. Well, right. It's just odd because Minnesota thinks of themselves as, as a, a tough outdoor team, city. But they have a cushy but they've always had a dome. Now. Yeah. Well, they had a dome forever. And then while the new one was being built, they were outside. But, yep, this game is Some of the best Patriots now. games that I can remember were the snow-type games or yeah. really cold games where you're literally in 18 layers. Yep. And my favorite um, Patriots moment ever was the, the snow angel snow in the end angels, zone. Yep. Like, it makes it so more, much more memorable, memorable, and it's such a advantage against like a miami or someone definitely you know? well jacksonville jacksonville swampland just ask the good place yeah um okay tv shows yeah we are probably the last people that have an internet connection to watch 
Stranger Things, Stranger Things 2, 2 because Netflix can't space it out, so we had to binge watch it. And we're not bingers, we're slightly against no, the binge culture. We watched it over like two weeks, I think. Which is like kind of bingy for us, honestly. Yeah. Especially when I work on the weekends. Um, we don't have time to like necessarily binge through. Yeah. But um, we finally finished watching it. We watched, finished it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. You want to give a summary? Uh, Will should have died. That's pretty much my summary. That's not a summary. That's an opinion. Okay, stop. The summary is that at the end of Stranger Things season one, we saw Will get rescued from the Upside Down. Yeah. But it turns out that he's not like totally rescued. He still has some sort of link with the Upside Down and or yeah. the cre- some sort of evil creature. Well, he throws creature. up the creature at the end of the season, yeah. Right. So he still has some sort of connection, something inside him mm-hmm. that I told you was going to be Patriots-Eagles. It is. Before this game even started. Yeah. Um, this is the worst podcast we're so professional <laughs> for watching a sports game while we're recording. Um, so Will still has some sort of connection to the Upside Down, yeah. and it kind of basically makes him have these waking nightmares where he's kind of like in the Upside Down, even though his body is physically in the normal world. Yeah. And um, his while this is while the, he's trying to deal with this kind of alone, his mom is dating Sean Astin. Yeah, Rudy slash... Who is super dorky. Oh, uh, what's and his And his Sam. friends, Dustin and... Um, Mike. Ma- and, no. Uh, what's his face? I was going to say Caleb because that's his name in real life. No, what's his name on the show? Um, mm, his sister was the best part of this season. Um, you keep talking, I'll look it up. So his friends are... Uh, Mike is, is mourning over Eleven. Of course. And his other two friends are fighting over this new girl that has appeared. Yeah. And you find out that Eleven, spoilers here, Eleven... Lucas. I was going to say Lucas. Lucas, yeah. It's Caleb in real life. That's why I couldn't think of um, Lucas. So Lucas and... Mike? (laughs) No. Who? Dustin. (laughs) Lucas and Dustin are kind of fighting over this new girl. Yeah. And Mike is sad about Eleven. Turns out Eleven has been alive and in the regular world the whole time uh, and the sheriff Hopper. sheriff hopper has been taking care of her secretly in a sketchy cabin and teaching her morse code and uh it all kind of plays out from there so it's what happens as will um kind of has to succumb a little bit to the forces from the upside down right and his well, friends they trying start to save him attacking again they have yeah. a master plan so it was, um, I think it made sense as a narrative going forward from the previous one. I'm glad they weren't just like, everything's fine. Here's a new issue. Yeah. Like it was, did a decent job being kind of connected to like the sketchy lab people and the upside down from the first one. Like it wasn't like there was no consequences for Will being trapped in the upside down. Correct. See, um, I would have appreciated just a clean break. I'm Total sure different narrative. So I or should have gotten back to Barb. Barb season. Oh, stop! I was actually fine with the way they did Barb. That, yeah. that they they addressed her enough to shut the internet up, but they also closed it off completely. Yeah, like they made justice for Barb like a literal storyline instead of being a stupid fandom yeah. hashtag. So I was fine with how they did that and how they tied that in with um, Will's brother yeah. getting together with Mike's sister. You know any of these characters' no. names? No, um, Nancy <laughs> and. Will and what's his name? Um, <laughs> J- J- Obviously, this made a huge impact on us this season. I just had his picture up. 
Um, We're the worst at this. Not Steve. Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan. Jonathan. Nancy and Jonathan. So kind of, I was, I liked how their story went. Um, Steve deserved Justice better. Justice for Steve Justice is for this Steve. season. Yes. My, my, the part that I laughed at the most was just the last two episodes. With the hair? No, where it was like, why is Steve doing any of oh, this? Yeah. He, has, he has zero skin in the game. It was literally, Steve came out of the house while Dustin was or no, Steve was going into the house while Dustin was going out, and Dustin said, come with me. And that made Steve, like, risk his life 12 that times. That was, um, like, fulfilling his contract, Steve. Yeah. Or a plot device, Steve. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely felt like a little uh. bit of it was forced for the plot or for the fans and the characters they like, and didn't necessarily make sense to throw those certain characters together. Like, it seemed like they kind of did the dice roll of characters. Um, yeah. Like, these two characters are going to have a to scene together, these parent. two characters. Yeah. Which is fun on a sitcom and things, but when it's supposed to be high-stakes action thriller kind of thing. And when there's only, like, you know, eight episodes per yeah. of two there's seasons. Nine, like, yeah. yeah. So, uh, that just definitely felt a little obvious that they were forcing these characters together. Yeah. I did kind of like the cute mentoring of Steve and Dustin. Yeah. Um, it was cute. Hair, it just made absolutely no sense. But it made no, no sense, sense narrative-wise. Like, you had to suspend your disbelief a little yeah. bit of those characters, like, knowing each other or whatever mm-hmm. to be able to... Uh, kind of go with that story. They also kind of murdered Dustin's character a little bit, especially in the beginning. Yeah. He was just such a dick. And like, I, I get that. Like, he's growing up and getting to puberty and he, whatever. But like, yeah. the first season, he was just like so adorable and so genuine. And yeah. like, he was just like the friend that wanted the best for everybody. And like, she's right. our friend and she's crazy. Like, yeah. and this season, they definitely kind of made him a little bit too swaggery. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's just, that was an intentional choice of, like, yeah, how he's growing could up. Be and be an evolution, yeah. I mean, they're meant to be, like, in that awkward middle school hormone phase, and yeah. they definitely seem to be kind of dicks to each other because of the girl and whatever, yeah. but the part that I liked the least... Yeah, I assume I know what you're gonna say. ...is Eleven, who has no social experience, whatever, still knowing that she needs to be jealous of another girl oh, for yeah. skateboarding with Mike. Are you fucking kidding with... Are you fucking kidding me? She's been, like... Dying to see Mike because, like, she loves him, like, however platonically that is or isn't. Yeah. Like, and then she sees him with another girl and she's like, I guess I won't go say hi to him. Are you fucking kidding me? Right, she doesn't know what waffles are, but she knows what jealousy is. Yeah, and she's not like, oh, good, Mike has other friends. Oh, cool, another girl that's my age who I've literally never met one of before. Instead, she's like, she must be trying to get with my man. (laughs) And, like, walks away. Like, are you fucking serious? Yeah, that that end of that episode was was obviously written by a man. (laughs) Okay. Bullshit. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I really didn't like was like the bottle episode. Uh, so episode seven. That's, is that, that isn't was that what you call a bottle rant. episode? Yeah. I mean, a bottle episode is when they only really have one set. They did. Okay. You're talking about the Chicago episode. Yeah. Well, what yeah. do you call it when it's just like a single character yeah, episode? Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, that part, I... That was one of the worst episodes of, TV. of, of recent TV I've seen. Yeah. yeah. Like, the mostly the... The characters, the Chicago characters, like, they they um, they previewed it in the very first episode where the whole season started and I thought I was getting what I wanted, which was a whole sort of tangent story with this different crew of special people. Then you don't really meet them until episode seven and you're like, God, these are the most annoying, least powerful people in the world. What it uh, felt like was Sense8, and please yes. do not mistake that that is a compliment, because we were not no. fans of Sense8. It was like a Sense8 parody. It was like a satire of yeah. Sense8. It was, oh god, yeah. the, the punk with the hair, and they they 
They went around robbing and killing millionaires, yet they lived in this squalor. graffiti they squalor. Lived in squalor. Yeah, it was just like, wow. It just didn't make any sense. And I yeah. understand. I was fine with her trying to go see her mother because she obviously has Yeah, I was like, wow, that. this is huge. And she stayed there for about 30 seconds of TV time and then was like, And then because I'm her on. mother somehow sent her a sign because she oh, one time clipped a newspaper article, article of her that had a different girl in it. Yeah. Like, I just did not buy that. And I didn't think it added to the storyline. Other than giving her some badass eyeliner, I did I not say, think. Most people agree that it was only done to get an 11 look for this year. Because last year's was the little pink dress with, with the bald the head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lego. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just think there's another way you could have done that. Like, yeah. there's also know. no narrative need for it because she ended up getting back to the town. As soon without as, anything new, as except soon a little as bit more. She escaped and walked away from, from Mike because he was like skateboarding with another girl. And then, like, the next, like, you know, two hours of television of her plotline yeah. from that were bullshit. Just killing time. Like, it was like, oh shit, we only have enough for six episodes, we right. need eight to nine episodes. And yeah, they're all scheming of how we can do this when you're just like, we know Eleven has to come back and fix everything. Yeah. So, frustrating as shit. And... And yeah, I just felt like, I kept saying as we were watching it, when they're like going to all these lengths to save Will, and they're like, oh, this thing is living in Will, and that's how it's learning all of our secrets and things. I was like, let the kid die. <laughs> the entire world. Put him in a box. The entire world is potentially, the galaxy is at stake for one little kid. Let him go. It's a sacrifice. I don't think you should let him die. I just think you should have straight up like put him in a box with no windows in it. Yeah. Home. Well, they did that in the stupid garage. And no, they, they didn't. Oh, they were God. like, it's his garage, but he won't be able to tell if we yeah. put curtains up on the windows. <laughs> like Someone made a sound. Now he knows it's a garage. Oh, no. Yeah. Very bizarre. Hmm. So overall, it was fine to watch. Yeah. Like the but acting season is still one was like, oh my god, Stranger Things! I don't amazing. know. I was gonna say it was about on par for season one huh. for me. I enjoyed season one because it felt a little bit different, and I thought they did a good job of like making it having a very strong setting of like the eighties in this little town without making it a parody mm. of it. But I definitely didn't think it was like the be all end all of television. Yeah. So this, I, I don't think. Season two was as good, but I also don't think it was like a stark decline either. I think it was like kind of on par of what I expected. Okay. Like I still enjoyed watching it. There was some tough critic. There was some parts like episode by episode. I think it was weaker, but yeah. like as an overall story arc. Oh yeah. And some of the action scenes and stuff, I would say it's about on par with season yeah. one. Like if you enjoyed season one, you're gonna enjoy watching season well, yeah, two. Yeah, a lot of it extent. hits the same exact beats, like where it's. Um, where in season one she had to write up the alphabet to get the lights to light up. This time it's a map that they had to piece together throughout yeah. the house. It's like, okay, we've seen this before. Um, so yeah, I still enjoyed watching it. And um, I enjoyed like kind of seeing where they took the characters to some extent. But there definitely yeah. were some weird tangents in it that I could have done without. How do you feel about Rafa's uh, tank top mode? This... I haven't seen it. You yet. haven't seen it? It's on in the middle of the night. Okay, I'll... Pull up a picture. Are we ready to move into upcoming stuff? Because I have a I lot. Have, really? I have yeah. three. I have three as well. That's a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, let's find a news story about Rafa. So yeah, he's going sleeveless. Last year um, it was the hair that was um that was a concern. Yeah, but now you're seeing his armpit hair is the issue. I'm fine with... Oh, I love it. You love muscles. Not the armpit hair, but I, I'm, I'm a sucker for arm muscles, so I am into it. I did actually see it the other match. You're yeah. right. Um, I'm into it. 
That's a pretty nice picture. I'm into it. I ooh, look at those arm muscles. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> um, Who's going first? So I'll go first. Um, trading spaces. Yeah. With the original cast. Oh, okay. That's when you get someone else's house. So the neighbors switch yeah. houses and redo two of the rooms. Okay. And they've got a budget. Yeah. It's like a fun Reno. Um, Which isn't that terrible one that we were watching. Which one? Flip it or flop it? No. Okay. This is different people every episode, so it's kind of like a reality show, Reno show. Yeah. So they have a certain budget and they have two rooms that they have to, um, like, completely redo mm-hmm. of their neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to watch because a lot of times they are terrible and the neighbors <laughs> hate them. Yeah. Because, like, they either they have totally different design styles or they just, like, do not know how to do a budget or how to do renovations. Yeah. So, but everyone loves Ty Pennington. Okay. Super hot, really good muscles. Sounds fun. He's a little bit yeah. of a dick, I think, but That's fine. um the whole cast is coming back and some of them are looking like a little bit old, but So these are the are cast fun. of the people who do the renovations or they just narrate it yourself? Um so there's like the host, yeah. but there's like obviously two people can't like physically redo yeah. two rooms in two days or whatever so it is. So they're project helpers. They're like project yeah. helpers. So there's like the the actual like um Carpenter construction whatever, work, it's yeah. carpenters, like the painters, yeah. like the um there's some, like, designers that help them yeah. and stuff. So they're, like, the like crew, that, if you will. The like crew. Like that, that one where they give a house to poor people, but extreme then they can't makeover. afford it. Yeah, yeah. Like that one. It's not as extreme, because it's not yeah. extreme. Like, right. over, it's Probably more affordable. Spaces, but, um, okay, you, you go. Uh, sister, sister, you had mentioned a while back. I saw that. Is More of the cast has agreed to it, but no network has asked for it yet, which oh, is a little bit awkward. embarrassing. You would yeah. think Netflix would pick that up with the whole Fuller House thing, but maybe yeah. Fuller House isn't doing that well. Mm-hmm. Are they getting or maybe tried? they're not being intersectionality. Maybe, because they keep canceling shows that are people of color, so. Yeah. Um, is Taj Maori coming back? That one wasn't confirmed. This was the mother. I'd rather have Smart Guy. Yeah. I like that oh, God. one. Is Smart Guy anywhere online? He's a smart guy. Smart guy. God, smart when guy. he gets drunk that time, that episode made me like not drink for a long time. I don't remember the episode. But... Oh, my God. <laughs> Your turn. Oh, um, Enchanted. Yeah. What's That's what? Cinderella? The, no. Hmm? It's like the live action with Amy Adams as the princess. Oh, yeah. And, Nathaniel um, Loves the Way I Leap. Nathaniel Loves the Way I Leap. Yeah. Um, sequel. Okay. I assume there have already been three or something. No, there's only the one. Oh. There's going to be a sequel. Hmm. And that's such a cute movie. Yeah. I don't like own it, but whenever it's on TV, I watch part of it and it makes me happy. And then like there's the part and he's like, how do you know all these words? Because it's like... Um, Da, 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 da. Like they're all singing in Central Park. Yeah, right. Um, how does she know that you love her? And then they're all singing, and like everyone knows the words to the song. And he's just all like, the random people. Yeah. And he's just like the um, straight man where he's walking around, being like, "How do they everyone know the words? Do you know the song? How did you know the song?" <laughs> because like it's kind of making fun of how musical people always just like burst into song. Yeah. Is this woman a professional tennis player? She looks like she just. Like Kerber or uh, Sia? The one closer to us. Her outfit looks like She's she just made it Taipei? from a, a thrift shop. Taiwan? What's TPE? Um, not sure. TPE. I like her. Um, so going on with my consistent rant, Netflix is launching a Joel McHale show where he talks about weekly entertainment news. Sort of like The Soup. Yeah, I was going to say he already had that So show. I don't really care about the show or about Joel McHale, but here's an example of where now Netflix, and I assume they're doing it also for the David Letterman show too that Obama's going to be on, they're going to post new episodes weekly. So clearly they have the capacity to roll shows out slowly and they understand that in some circumstances 
there's a need or a desire for it, I still just don't get why they don't do it for dramas and things. Yeah, I don't know. When is binging culture going to end? When is it going to flip to the... It's not healthy. When is it going to flip to the entire reverse where it's like you get one episode every month or something? Yeah. Because the rest of Game of Thrones hasn't switched like one episode every month because they have so few episodes. Yeah. You got one more? Last one, Dune. Have you read anything about Dune? I have never read Dune specifically. <laughs> I know that. Um. So the director of Arrival... Which yeah. I really liked. And Blade Runner 2049, Arrival which I have not forced myself to see yeah. yet. Arrival is terrible. It is not terrible. I really, <sighs> really liked that movie. Hmm. Um, anyway, he is now directing Dune. So Dune famously had an awful film adaptation. Right. Like that switched directors a thousand times. Like had not enough budget. Like ran out of money. Awful actors. Whatever. Mm -hmm. So they famously have never seen it. But they famously had a very, very bad sloppy film adaptation. Yeah. Um, so I guess he, the director of it, whose name I don't actually have written down, Darren something, yeah. he's basically bragging, saying his Dune is going to be Star Wars for adults. Okay, I did see that. So, I didn't click it. Yeah, I'm going to get you a shirt so that says that. So, um. I'm going to actually get you a shirt that says, I'm going to get you a shirt that says that. I'm going to shirt that says, save it for the podcast, yeah. I'm always saying that. Um, so anyways, he's like talking some big shit about the game, about okay. the shit talking. Okay. What am about I trying to say? Trash talking, <laughs> okay. shit talking, whatever about the movie. I am home, um, so I'm interested to see it. I I did read the book. It's it's a lot. It was good, but it was it's very long, and yeah. a lot of you would absolutely hate it. Yeah, it's very yeah. slow. A lot of like political machinations. Like mm -hmm. you would not enjoy it. Um, so I don't know if I'd rush to see the movie, but we'll see. Okay, my last upcoming one. A book I read this year is being turned into a movie. Okay. It is the last book I would have ever thought to be doing so. you have any guesses? Is it one I recommended to you? Or no. no. A nonfiction uh, book that I picked out for myself. Roxane Gay. No. Based on eating habits. No fucking The clue. Omnivore's uh, oh, Dilemma yeah. Yeah. by Michael Pollan is going to be famous. Is gonna be a movie. Um, like a fictional movie? Like a fictional movie. Apparently there's already a play based on it. Is that it? like how they did the what to expect when you're expecting as a, a movie? Maybe. So it's going or to be like written. Or like he's just not that into you. They it's going to be written by Frances McDormand, which is the semi-woohoo lady who, who won the oh, award yeah, for three the billboards. Bridge, uh, the billboards. So yeah, it's just... Was she also in a movie about bridges? No idea. Was she in a movie with Jeff Bridges? So they're comparing it to Eat, Pray, Love. Um... But yeah, it was a stage play, which is, it's all about Michael Pollan learning about how to hunt and, and how corn works. Okay. So yeah, I don't, we'll see. Bizarre. Yeah. Should have been weird news. Should have been. All right. So um, we will hopefully be back next week with um, your don't favorite, most week. in demand guest. Yeah. Um, as long as like international phone calls don't fail us. Yeah. Um, thank you for sticking with us through our half sports watching, half podcasting tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone has Send Super Bowl tickets, tickets yep. we'll take them. Um, otherwise, have a look out on our Twitter at ddgetdown um, for some of the links, or if you have any suggestions or comments for us, download and subscribe, please. Mm -hmm. And we love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Okay, Federer's the best. He's gonna win everything. Okay, Rafa, bye, 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 bye. You gotta get down with the get down. Well now, get down, get down, earth. get down, whoa, whoa. get down, earth. get down, whoa, whoa. maybe we can talk our neighbors into doing the same thing. Get down, get down, get down. Get down.